Have Goals, a street art sticker with a simple message that's all about you. Today's show is brought to you by our merch store featuring Have Goals branded clothing such as t-shirts, hoodies, and more. 100% of the profit from our merch goes to help the homeless. You can find out more on our website at havegoals.store. You can also follow us on Instagram at havegoals for additional information and discount codes. With me today is the street artist, Change. Would you like to tell us a little about yourself? I'm originally from Rochester, New York. That's kind of where I got my start in doing art on the street. Uh, That would be a long time ago, uh, back in the mid 80s, probably around 1984, 85. Uh, Then I bounced around a little from Rochester, went to Chicago, to Philadelphia, to Ithaca, New York, and then finally here in Milwaukee in 2003. And I kind of fell off the street art thing for a while. And then around 2013, uh, got back into it when I was invited to a mural festival in Rochester, New York called Wall Therapy. And then that really got me reaching out into the Milwaukee community. And I think that, that might have been around the time when I met you. Yeah, I think so. And then since then, I've just been, uh, because I really, you know, I have a day job. I have a normal, I have a quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes right now, normal life. Um, where I try and balance uh, the things I do in the street with, you know, trying to make sure I can provide for my family. Uh, but really... 2013, 2014, 2015, really started to get back into it. Uh, so I think since 2013, I've, you know, and, it, and it, I love uh, Milwaukee because it's pretty similar to where I grew up. So uh, it's been very fertile soil to like go, go out there and do artistic endeavors in public spaces. I am curious to know a little more about wall therapy. Oh, yeah. Wall therapy was started by uh, Ian Wilson. Uh, and Eric Lehman around, I want to say 2011. And Ian Wilson, or Dr. Wilson, as he's called in his day job, <laughs> uh, had an idea of a way to heal communities. So I think he is, he, he works on, you know, diseases that affect a vein and are, are, are you know, the veins that run through our bodies Got and stuff. It. And uh, he was, he was doing work, I think, like in South Africa. At the same time, he's also from Brooklyn, so he's very familiar with with graffiti and street art. And when he was in South Africa kind of doing his medical work there, he met a bunch of of artists. They were street artists in South Africa and wanted to bring them to, like, Rochester. And he kind of had this idea of, like, using public art as a way to, like, heal the community. So so not just to physically heal them, but, like, you know, how the way that that art kind of, like, psychically heals us. And, you know, I think we see that a lot with the work that you do, like, with Have Goals. And I, and I like to think that some of what I do, because, well, I'm not opposed to selling my work, uh, commercial success is not my only motivation in the work that I do. That can be a challenge. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. So we can probably, we'll, we'll get into that more as, as we talk further, but just to, so wall therapy has been around since 2011. 
And in the year when, when I got invited to, it was probably the biggest year they had where they had invited 30 artists. It's a very interesting kind of mural fest slash public barn raising in a sense because they, they raised the funding for the event through, through a Kickstarter. And it just kind of has a, a very homey community feel to it. A lot of volunteers help out with it, and a lot of really interesting and significant artists have been a part of wall therapy. Like, um, I'm sure, you know, some people are probably familiar with uh, the Case McLean piece that is down in the third ward the, um, on the die building. Uh, the woman with uh, the hands crossed uh, oh, sitting yeah. on her lap, that huge mural. Case McLean was a part of wall therapy. The mural down in the Harbor District uh, with uh, the sea life uh, done by Aerosol Kingdom. He's from upstate New York and Rochester specifically. Uh, he's part of wall therapy. So a bunch of people have gone through wall therapy, have gone through a lot of other events too, like, you know, ROA and, you know, just the list goes on and on. Oh, that's really interesting. I'd, I'd love to see something like that happen here in Milwaukee because to me, it seems like whenever we get some kind of mural project going here, it either becomes very connected to capitalism somehow, or yes. there, or there's some kind of selection of artists that reaches outside of I don't know what what I would understand. Because to me, like if someone asked me to do a mural, I would mm -hmm. expect. I would show up with literally everything and the paint and my own time and people and do that mural. And then when I get into these spaces, like I just had one come up uh, in Oconomowoc, I got asked to do a mural and it started off as, hey, do you want to do a mural? Do you want to like put a piece of street art in? And by the time it was all done, I was simply pushed to the front end of like a selection process where I had to fill out a bunch of stuff and adhere to a bunch of things. And it just rubbed me the wrong way enough that like, you know, if I want to do some art here, I'm going to do some art here. Like, <laughs> right. right, right. I, whether you, whether you ask me to or not. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I guess we weren't clear on what <laughs> I was about. So, but I have applied for some of these mural projects and, and, you know, and I just, can't crack the code, but part of me is like impatient or, or like you said, like part of why I did street art. And I guess I wouldn't mind so much, but if the idea is they're like making a call out to street artists and then it seems like they never really get real street artists involved in these things. Like they like the idea of street art, not the actuality of it. Sure. <laughs> and you know, and, I don't want to take anything away from you know, people who do go through this process and, and do murals like this. There's oh, no, no, no. I mean, it's a skill. It's a skill like anything, right? You know, it's like, and, and I don't, and I, and I love the, the people who do it. And I often like will go and be very supportive of the work they do, but I'm just, I guess I find it comical in some sense, right. Or just like life is kind of bizarre in that way that and but like when i said impatience it's like sometimes uh, and i think maybe what i've been known for in milwaukee is kind of leaving a lot of free art pieces around town and in part again not to say that i, I wouldn't love to show in a gallery 
and, and sell the work, but I'm impatient and probably maybe the way my life is currently configured, I don't have the time to pursue that. And this, this ability to just like put things in the street and get it more directly out to people is a way of short circuiting that where I can like, I don't have to worry about whether it sells. Right. Right. And, and then we have, and then we have platforms like, you know, Instagram at L which let us kind of like give people a glimpse into our studios. Right. Or, or our working process. Yeah. And a little bit of what I was hearing you say is like, kind of like, so it's weird, right? Like when these bids put out like um, the call for work, there, there just seem to be so many rules attached to it. And then, and it's like, so I've, I've seen, I think the one in Tosa specifically, and this really rubbed me the wrong way. We want a request for proposal, but it can't have any words in it. Yeah. I, like, I do remember well, that one. Well, that kind of, that screws my whole portfolio <laughs> of work. Same. <laughs> right? You know, I'm like, oh, okay. Can, are emojis okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it is funny, right? But, it, and it is a tension, right? It's that tension between trying to control the unsanctioned activity, right? Yeah. Be, because I was thinking about this the other day, like, because definitely where street art, graffiti, whatever we want to call it, whatever label we want to put on it, you know, like unsolicited public art has really had an evolution in the last 20, 30, 40 years where it went from the outside to the inside. And I, and I almost think it's like, the way we romanticize being a cowboy, right? You know, it's part of that, or, or maybe the, the gangsters of the 1930s, right? That part of the American spirit is like this person who pushes back against authority or pushes back against the system or lives this very individualistic life. And I think the current art incarnation of that is probably like the street artist. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Sometimes on this show, I probably talk too much about my own you personal situation. You could never talk too much, sir. But <laughs> having put up this little free library in our neighborhood has kind of been mm-hmm. this process. And over the last year, like when we first per- put it in, there was no mm-hmm. street art on it. And it was just there and everybody kind of got used to it. And it's got a spot on the front where you can switch out like messages and stuff. And so right. I started experimenting with what to put on there and slowly. Wait a second. There's street art on your little <laughs> public library. Well, How I did guess, that happen? I guess there is now. <laughs> and the street art on there really took off after you came by and added oh, a bunch good. of stickers to it. And I've gotten to see in our neighborhood, like we have like our direct interface with people in our neighborhood. And then I mm-hmm. kind of have like that interface via next door which is that weird like boomer social media thing oh my gosh yes yeah 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 I, i've avoided that just because it some feels a little creepy but. ours is the worst <laughs> i mean wow you cannot post on there without someone like trashing you for what you think but i have taken it upon myself to very carefully curate posts on there that just 
highlight like the good fact that there are kids books here and they are free. Sure. And yes. And somehow I've managed to escape the gaze of like the, the bad experience on there. Oh, okay. And, uh, well, that's good. But I'm slowly exposing my neighbors to street art, you know, which is, I guess if I went around and talked to them all and said, Hey, I'm a street artist. I do this. It probably wouldn't go real well, you know, cause most people, my age, I guess, will immediately say, oh, you're a vandal, huh? You know, and I've, I've heard that plenty of times. But I think this is an interesting way to put street art in a neighborhood and try to get people to engage it positively. Well, you know, I think one of the things we've kind of lost in, so, so kind of, and, and, and I'll go back to this, like, a lot. I mean, I, I, clearly I'm an, I'm older. I've been doing this a while and I, and I think a lot about these things and I do think about, you know, what motivated me as a young person to, to put art in the street versus what motivates me now. And I think initially it was like something as, as simple as um, affirmation, right? Like I am or the idea of fame, but then it was like, it allowed me to, connect with people uh, it allowed me to connect with a wider audience it gave me a way of being in public right even even if it was anonymously or secretly yeah but it became like it became a dialogue and it became a way of meeting people that I maybe otherwise would not have met and and I guess some of the things and you're right so it's like so I guess one of the things I like about street art versus like, and I don't diminish the gallery experience. I love going to galleries. I love seeing artwork. You know, I like the kind of ritualized calm experience of going to the, a gallery or a museum. And I mean, that's just a part of who I am. It's a part of what my family enjoys. But I, the thing about the street is right. You know, it's like, it's a surprise. It's the unexpected and, and it is that conversation with your neighbors, right? Oh, so where was I going with all this? Where are you going with this change? <laughs> um, it, it's like we have lost in America to a certain extent and, and not by chance over the last 30, 40 years, you know, where we're kind of told that selfishness and, and individual, individualistic achievement is the only goal. We've lost the, the idea of communal space, like things we do together as a community or things we share together as a community. And I think to a certain extent, street art in a very dramatic way shows that to us again, like shows us something that's always been there, but we've forgotten about in that, you know what, we share this space. We, there are, and you know, I don't go say, I don't go tag tombstones in a cemetery, right? <laughs> right. That's that's a blind. I don't transgress. Yeah. But a gray utility box. Who who cares? Or or you know like a, a blank cement wall underpass. That's like a kind of nondescript neutral location. And it's like okay, that maybe is is almost begging to be painted. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Or the back of a street sign. It, it's kind of like unutilized space. Right. And it's communal. So like the work that you do, I, I, I rarely, I think I've ever seen you put a sticker like 
on the front of a sign. It's always on the back of a sign, right? right. It's always in that, it's in that gray area of like, whose space is this? You know, I was just putting up your sticker the other day at a kind of an interesting spot that I found on YouTube. There is a YouTube channel called Milwaukee Roundabout. And it's a guy with a webcam that looks at the 6th Street Roundabout, like by Conejitos, or the oh, Iron okay. Horse Hotel. Oh, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he just, like, captures accidents that happen there. But I realized while looking <laughs> at it that there was a back of a sign that's, like, in the range of his camera. So, of course, I had to go down and, like, take care of the back of that sign. And, uh, you know, it appears in the videos now. And that's oh, like nice. just the kind of like secondary spot that I love putting stickers into. Like if you find out there's going to be an event, like you'll go put stickers in that path. Like a good example right now is uh, a friend of mine who is in prison here in Milwaukee is currently driving a van of people every day out to a job site. And I found out okay. where, where they were driving, like what exact path. And so I went and put stickers on that path just for them. And you know, Exactly, I, right? Yeah, I think about that a lot too because um, I think about like the paths we take through life. And it's really, so it's been really weird during this time of COVID. I'm not commuting every day, right? Yeah. So I'm like kind of trapped in there, not trapped in my house, but like not moving about as much as I, I would have. And my wife works on the weekends. So I've made part of my routine or my ritual, either when I'm picking her up or dropping her off, to at least go visit someplace, you know, yeah. that that I haven't seen in a while because I'm not doing that every day like I used to. You know, and there's pluses and minuses to that. Yeah, I, I can certainly identify with that because for years and years, I was going down through the Miller Valley area Every oh, right. day, like every right. day, both ways for years. And right. you really see that, you know, like I think street art a lot of times will tell a story. You know, you'll see something and it will begin to develop over a series of days. Or, or for example, you might, as a more like knowledgeable street artist, see a piece that isn't done. And it kind of tells a story of like, there's a reason they had to stop. You know, like, right. why, why is that outline only half done? I know that person and they would not stop unless there was a problem. Right. They probably, they got chased or something. You, you, know, you know, there's a story behind it. Right. But yeah, definitely. And when I lived in Philly, and Philly is a great, just like a graffiti town, great street art town. And when you, and you know, and I don't live downtown. I live out in the suburbs. And so one of my weekly pilgrimages is definitely to go to places that that kind of energize me in terms of street art but city spaces are like they are dialogues right because you know there's this constant evolution that is happening right somebody leaves a sticker or a tag or what have you you know and then maybe it gets buffed maybe it doesn't maybe it attracts other artists to put more things up you know, and I always find it interesting, like if there's a space, so again, focusing just on the kind the notion of the sticker art, there's a space that's kind of like attracting a bunch of stickers and then I'll go back and like some of my stickers are gone, but not all the stickers are gone. So I'm like, wow. 
So that's really weird. So it's one of two things. Either it's a compliment, somebody really liked my stickers and they took them, yep. or it's a diss, somebody really hated my stickers <laughs> and they made sure to get rid of them. And then then there's just the general thing that everybody is working against who, who's like work, you know, coloring outside the lines. It's like, well, what happens when the space get buffed, gets buffed? And like, well, you know, nature uh, abhors a void. Um it's not going to stay that way for long, right. you know? So it's like, that's why I was like, it would be interesting if the city could become a little bit more creative in the sense of, you know, and not like the idea of like maybe an artistic reservation or, but just the notion of, okay, we know this is going to happen. So maybe we are going to designate places where it can happen with less rules. And to a certain extent, street art kind of places itself, right? If people really hate something, it's going to be gone. True. And if people don't mind something, it it tends to hang out longer because it's like, well, you know, maybe that's resonating with a lot of people for some reason. And maybe that's important to pay attention to that. Like, why is that thing staying and something else going? And not because you're told you can or can't do something. It's like the community policing itself. That's that's why I like the notion of street art as a kind of democratic art in that sense, which is hard if it's been so ingrained into us, right, that Art is something done by artists and artists are artists because they have unique set of skills or they're better than other people at making things and therefore they have the right to do it and others don't, you know? So it's like, it levels the playing field a little bit around the, the idea of kind of like a daily practice of creativity. And that's how I try and look at what I do either through my Instagram, because sometimes I'm just posting ideas that I had, not anything that I've actually executed on. So that's one way that I kind of exercise my daily creativity or when it kind of becomes a little bit more concrete or a little bit more public or a little bit more tangible. It's like when I actually go put a sticker on something, right? Yeah. You know, I guess I'm, I'm just going to finish out my previous thought and say that now, like in 2021 currently, I've found that, you know, since I'm not moving around the city because of work, it becomes real intentional. Like when I go somewhere to do street art now, and I guess I'm, I'm choosing where to go, you know, with a lot more thought, like this time I'm going in this direction, as opposed to it just being kind of the happenstance of what I had to do that day. Cause, sure. Cause I would usually just build it into whatever was going on, you know? But it's kind of a different model now when you got to just decide, you know, pull out the map. Where haven't I been lately? But that's so like, I don't know if you're familiar with this artist. His name's Above. And um, he's, and I think he stopped using, he, he's going by his real name right now, which I can't recall. But his kind of, his motif were these, this arrow shape. And it had the word above on it. And he would make them like out of cut wood and he would hang them on lampposts. So they were kind of like these little mobiles that would spin. He was in Paris and he was like, okay, he gridded the city out and he intentionally 
went to every major, like, you know, Paris is like divided into a bunch of districts, I think. Like, yeah. what, what, I forget what we would call them. Maybe wards. We call them wards here. And he intentionally made sure that he covered like the whole city. So I think both practices are fine. Yeah. I tend to like, uh, like randomness in my art to a certain extent, like, um, or I might say like, well, I'm going to do, I'm going to leave a painting somewhere today, but I'm not quite sure where. So while, uh, the explicit idea was I'm going to leave a painting somewhere and then I'm leaving the randomness up to like where it's going to be. There are places I like to leave them, but then like today I knew somebody was working on a mural in a place that I have not gone to before. And I said, yeah, I'm going to leave this painting right next to their mural. Well, that's our show for this week. And we just have to say thank you, Change, for being here with us. I hope you'll come back again. Definitely. Thank you for, for letting me ramble on. And, and it's always a pleasure to, to talk about creative pursuits with people. Thank right you very on. much. Thank you. And of course, we would love to hear from you. And you can email us at havegoalspodcast at gmail.com or reach out to us on Instagram at have goals. Thanks for listening.